Welcome back to the Live the Legacy podcast, a project brought to you by the Andrew Goodman Foundation. This is your host, Mo Banks, and we're back again with another special bonus episode of the show. In today's episode, you'll hear more about the amazing life of Michael Schwerner. Michael Mickey Schwerner was one of the three men killed during the Freedom Summer of 1964 alongside our namesake, Andrew Goodman, and Mississippi native James Earl Cheney. In addition to learning more about his life, you'll also learn more about the legacy that he's left behind and how our current Andrew Goodman ambassadors are carrying forward his spirit and tenacity to change the world. Today's episode is a reading of our blog post, which you can find on our website at andrewgoodman.org. Without further ado, here's today's special bonus episode. Michael Mickey Schwerner was born in New York City on November 6, 1939, to a middle-class couple by the names of Anne and Nathan Schwerner. Anne Schwerner, an elementary school teacher, and Nathan Schwerner, a company manufacturer, were politically active community members while living in New York City. Early in Michael's childhood, his parents enrolled him and his younger brother in the progressive Walden School. Later in his childhood, Michael and his family moved to Westchester County, where he attended public school. After graduating from Pelham Memorial High School in Westchester County, Michael attended Michigan State University and later transferred as a sociology major to Cornell University, which today participates in the Andrew Goodman Foundation's Vote Everywhere program. At Cornell, he took his first steps into the realm of the social justice movement when advocating for the membership of Black pledges and racial integration within his fraternity. In 1961, following his early undergraduate years, Michael enrolled in the School of Social Work at Columbia University. Disheartened by the lack of hands-on community service and public engagement, Michael cultivated a disdain for the graduate program. According to Michael and the many members involved in New York City's civic service, the school's approach to social change did not address the root causes of poverty. Within the first year, Michael dropped out and took a civil service position at the Hamilton Madison House in 1962. Located in a housing project on the Lower East Side, the Hamilton Madison House assisted low-income families with medical and education programs. Michael helped run the after-school program that assisted students living in poverty with tutoring and counseling. Today, the Hamilton Madison House maintains its status as an operating nonprofit. Michael's thrill for social work and his unwavering desire to end institutional poverty propelled him toward a future career in the civil rights movement. He dreamt of joining a cause that actively worked to end the socioeconomic disparities and racial inequities that loomed throughout the South. After witnessing the catastrophic events that followed the Birmingham riots, Michael quickly joined the Congress of Racial Equality, or CORE, in 1963. 
Motivated by the same protest strategies as Gandhi, CORE practiced nonviolent protests alongside civil disobedience to achieve legislative change. At CORE, Michael organized community gatherings and housing coalition meetings while also maintaining his job at the Hamilton Madison House. Additionally, he volunteered at copious human rights organizations scattered throughout the Lower East Side, many of which focused on nonviolent direct action protests. In November of 1963, Michael and his wife Rita were hired to manage a Mississippi summer project known as Freedom Summer in Meridian, Mississippi. They began their job in January 1964 alongside volunteers like James Earl Cheney. Together, they campaigned for Black voter registration, organized sit-ins, and established a community center that was meant to be the heart of their voter registration and education efforts. During their time in Meridian, the volunteers facilitated an atmosphere that further addressed civil rights as human rights. Enraged by Michael's efforts to get Black community members registered to vote, the Ku Klux Klan took notice of Michael and CORE's most prominent volunteers. His involvement with the civil rights movement made him a target for those who wanted to suppress the Black vote. Michael hoped to dedicate the entirety of his life to pushing toward a future with an integrated society and even risked his life trying to uphold his word. On June 21, 1964, the Klan attacked Mount Zion Church, a Black congregational church set to be used as a new building site for Freedom Summer. Immediately after hearing the news, Schwerner, Cheney, and Andrew Goodman traveled to Neshoba County to visit the victims. The three men did not return. They never even made it to the church. Members of the Klan intercepted them, and all three men disappeared for the next 44 days. Their bodies were found on August 4, 1964. Today, the Andrew Goodman Foundation continues the legacy of Schwerner, Goodman, and Cheney by working with Andrew Goodman ambassadors across the country on more than 69 college campuses and their surrounding communities. The Andrew Goodman Foundation provides extensive training, resources, as well as a peer network to support our Andrew Goodman ambassadors while they work to register voters, bring down voting barriers, and tackle important social justice issues on their college campuses. Like Mickey Schwerner, our Andrew Goodman ambassadors are bitten by the spirit of activism and are working to ensure a just democracy and sustainable future. If you'd like to learn more about Michael Schwerner, Andrew Goodman, or James Earl Cheney, please visit our website at andrewgoodman.org. And if you'd like to donate to continue their legacy, you can visit our donation page. A special thank you to our Deputy Executive Director, Margaret Kinnehans, for today's reading. As always, this has been your host, Mo Banks. Thanks for listening.